Gente. Welcome to the Scene and Take podcast, a forum of all things that inspire and motivate me as a content creator and image maker. I'm your humble host, Indio the Gaiarican. The following podcast contains strong language. Finally, it's here, the first podcast of 2020. And well ever, excited to get this venture out to the universe. And I really hope all of you out there enjoy what you're hearing. Please drop me a line and let me know what you like, what you don't like, and what you'd like to hear at Scene and Take. Raise your hand if you remember what film won the Oscar for Best Picture two decades ago. Okay, one, I hope no one actually raised their hand. And two, no need to Google it, because I did. I got you. And the Oscar goes to Gladiator. Douglas Rick. Honestly, I totally forgot before I looked it up. In case you were wondering, the other nominees in the Best Picture category in that year were Chocolate, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Erin Brockovich, and Traffic. (laughs) Well, since we are on the subject, this year's Academy Awards went international. Many folks out there were pleasantly surprised, and understandably so. Bong Joon-ho's Parasite became the first foreign film to win in the Best Picture category. He obviously took the Best International feature as well, and Best Directing and Original Screenplay. And as a side, who didn't fall in love with Bong's translator? She was simply awesome at replicating his genuine elation throughout the night. Remember in the lead-up to the Oscars? There was a lot to be said about the Sausage Fest in the Best Directing category, but to have Bong Joon win... That was definitely gratifying to see. But as Chris Rock said... So many great directors nominated this year. I don't know, Chris. I, I, I thought there was something missing uh, from the list this year. Vaginas? Yeah. yeah. No. There's a couple of films I'm super eager to buy a middle-of-the-theater recliner seat for. What I'm going to do first, though, is to take a little pause right here and let you check out the trailer for Bloodshot, starring Vin Diesel. With the technology in your veins, you have an army inside you that will not only make you stronger, it will heal you instantly. Holy shit. Now tell me, do you remember anything? Where are you going? I got unfinished business. Find the man who murdered my wife and killed him. You heard it right, Mr. Fast and the Furious himself. The bass boost effect for a voice ass-kicking expert, Vin Diesel. So lots of explosions and simulated sequences of gun violence. I know it's a hot gory mess, but it is based on a comic book, right? Vin Diesel plays a former soldier killed in action only to be brought back in to air quotes life via scientific experimentation that yields his body indestructible through the use of microscopic spidery looking supercomputers called nanites. Blow his face off and pending proper firmware update back to mean mugging in just a few seconds. Imagine the possibilities of nanotechnology in the near future for all mankind. Yeah, I can't either. See, what I'm hoping will happen with this ripped from the comic superhero is the entertainment value I received from Vin when he played Riddick in Pitch Black and the sequel Chronicles of Riddick. Ironically now, a 20-year-old movie too. Plus, I do have a soft spot for some good CGI work. 
It's time to bring in the first guest ever to Seen and Take podcast, Bronx native, writer, director, and producer, Larry Legend Spivey. Welcome, my friend. The first guest, really? Yeah, no man. doubt. Yeah. Yo, what's going it. on? Chilling, chilling. With an award-winning web series, a multitude of short films, and numerous writing credits under your belt, Larry, you are fast becoming a go-to talent in the TV industry. You're currently a writer on Irv Gotti's Tales on BET. Yes, yes. And if y'all didn't know, Tales brings hip-hop songs to the small screen as narrative stories. Classics <coughs> like The Ghetto Boys, My Mind's Playing Tricks on Me, have been reimagined. And as a result, Tales is one of BT's most popular shows. Uh, 2019 it was. And Larry also happens to be a fellow member of the Bronx Filmmakers Collective. And we've dabbled on a few projects collaboratively here and there as well. So, Larry, I want to talk to you about the Ghetto Boys Mind Playing Tricks on Me. That was one of the classics that you wrote in season two, episode seven. If you haven't checked it out, go yes, and yes. do that. Pay your dollar ninety nine. Don't don't go bootleg. And I wanted to talk to you about the process from the very beginning of Irv telling you, yo, Larry, I have a good idea. I want to redo Mind Playing Tricks on Me, which is obviously a classic we grew up on. Right. That we love. And you actually got the opportunity to work with Scarface, which is awesome. Right. So talk to me about how Irv gave you that idea, that little nugget, and then you took it from there, you know, and gave him a first draft, a treatment, actually, right? So what is the process? Well, it was just that. Yeah, he called and said, you know, he has this idea for mind playing tricks on me. I was already familiar with the series because I came in on season two. So I kind of knew what he was looking for. He just called me and said, look, I got this idea. He briefly told me what he wanted to do. And I just had to kind of, you know, reimagine it and then just flip the script. And that's what I did. And I turned it in. He loved it. And it just, this was just the treatment. So after that, he knew what my ability was. Right. And uh, he went to bat for me for BT. That's one thing about Irv God. He says he's going to do something. He's going to do something. Right. You know, even if it the process may seem long, but if he says he's going to do it and it's in his power, he's going to make it happen. And then I got the episode on the show right you know then after that you have to write the outline you know the outline got approved most of the times when you turn the outline into a network they come back with pages and pages of notes they like the concept so much i only have seven bullet points which is like almost unheard of kind of unheard of like when he when they came back to me seven bullet points i was like y'all playing with me like i don't want to change really have to change anything and now, they didn't really have to change it. The head writer went in and made a few adjustments, you know, and as an artist, sometimes that kind of hurts, but it's a part of the game. And he didn't make any adjustments that hurt the script. But that's like if you see if you send your child to school and he comes back with somebody else's sweater on, you're like, yo, yeah, that's yeah. not, you know, that's my baby. You know what I'm saying? Right. Talk to me a little bit about that, how as a writer... It's your baby, but you really can't be too attached to it because you know that there's a process involved where the director's vision will come into play and how they see it, the head writer in this case. And so how was that experience having to kind of let go a little bit from what you're usually and normally working with in that you write your own material, you direct produce your own materials? I mean, as a first time... Having my stuff on TV, it was it was an experience. And it was right, just like I had right. a lot of questions and they were very open and receptive to my questions. And 
they made me understand certain changes. And at the end of the day, as much fun as I had working on this, it's still a job. Until you're producing your own material, you're working for somebody else and you're, you're basically helping them get their vision out, which isn't a bad thing. I right. mean, they basically give you free range to do what you want to do. But sometimes, you know, I have a very vivid imagination, so I can go a little overboard. It might not fit what can go on TV or whatever. Right. So it was a learning process. Sometimes lessons are a little, they sting a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But then as I went on, like we spoke on off off air that I got the opportunity to work on another episode and it, it, it was much smoother and it was much understanding. It's, it's a paycheck. As right. much as I loved, I loved working on Tales. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't say loved, I love working on Tales because I'm, about to embark on season three. Right, right. So, so mine's my playing tricks on me. You wrote the entire episode. Yeah. Uh, and then you co-wrote other episodes as well. Right. Uh, with other writers. But then at the end of the day, there is an he- a head writer. So basically the manager of the department, right? right? And that and that head writer is the one who then now has to <coughs> talk to Irv and whoever Irv as the producer, executive producer and creator of the show has to deal with now who they're going to hire for a director. And then right. the director looks at it, kind of massages it to their vision as well. Right. And then that's what you get on the screen. And then I was lucky enough to be able to be on set with the director. Right. And yeah. We Tell were, me about, you that. know, I have, I had a great, I have a great relationship with a majority of the people on tales, including the head writer, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, me and the director became cool mm-hmm. and he was open to my suggestions. You know, right. me and Irv spoke, you know, he was Irv's kind of strong willed, but even he was open to suggestions and it was just like, all right, cool. You know what I'm saying? All of this, all my suggestions didn't make it, which is not a problem. It's a learning process. Like I said, it's a learning process. And I feel like I'm more equipped to deal with certain things that, People say, like they say in this business, if you don't have a um, thick skin, you're not going to make it. Right. And like you said, you weren't afraid of learning throughout that process. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's the God given talent there of having the ideas to be able to feed it to them in in a pretty quick turnaround time. I remember you was talking about how they were going to be green lining it in a matter of weeks and you know next thing you know you're flying down to Atlanta to be on set right and so it was a pretty quick turnaround and and granted this is season two they're already kind of in the groove of things they know what they're doing or whatever but you got to figure that that process has to you know there has to be like so many working parts coming together to make it happen in such a quick time is it was amazing because it's it's like you get to see the difference between the independent world and what well, we uh, used to right a budgeted production right. for television or whatever like everybody has one set job you know what i'm saying yeah, like, yeah. you're not wearing multiple hats you're not wearing yeah. multiple hats on independent you you might be the director of transportation and in charge of craft services right. you know what i'm saying like there's none of that right they have somebody for every minor detail and that was just like one of the things i was like wow you know what i'm saying that's the great thing about being on a big production. And so now you have season three coming up and you've started that process, right? I mean, we I've had discussions, you know, there's nothing been set yet. I mean, I've been told that I'm going to get another episode. I'm in with these guys, you right. know. You can expect to see another credit 
Cool. And then is there anything else out in the in the writer's sphere that you're working on? Well, I just finished doing a short film that I wrote called Special Delivery. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about that because you were able to write it and your writing partner actually directed it. Right. Right. Patrick Coker. Right. And uh, and then a good friend of yours and fellow Bronxite actor Sean Nelson was playing the lead role in it. Right. Right. If you don't know Sean, that's fresh. Yeah. The and, wood. Um, the wood. He was Big Mike in the wood. Yeah. You know, talented and a talented cast. He's like um, been acting for twenty plus years at this point. Right. Well, since he was since he was a kid. Basically, right. So. so he killed it. We had the lovely Natalie Jacobs. She was amazing. Right. Well, she was in Tough Love, the web series, right? Right. Yeah. And she just was on that show for life on ABC. Right. You know, she had a guest spot. Yeah. And then she and then I had Alfred Rutherford, another friend of mine, a very talented actor. Awesome. And now you're in, in post-production now. Post-production. Right? Um, getting chopped up. You have special delivery in post now. Do you have anything else down the pike that you're working on? Well, special, we're going to probably make special delivery into a feature. Oh, okay. And then, I'm, you know, I'm just always writing. You know, I'm getting prepared to gear up for, for tales that's going to have, that's probably going to be, have me super busy. And then, you know, just staying creative and look, hopefully picking up some other TV credits this season. Now, have you been hired to write any other material for others, like in the independent realm? I remember you had uh, been in talks with another young creator about doing a collaboration and working on things. How does that kind of work out in your schedules and, and your creative process when someone asks you, hey, could we sit down and do, you know, something I mean, together? With that, it depends on who it is, you right. know. If it's somebody like you, right. like, yeah, I'm I'm there and I'm probably not going to charge you no money. You know what I'm saying? Somebody just coming to me saying, let's do this. You know, I don't mean to be this guy, but I'm going to ask you what your budget is. I'm not going to ask you for an obscene amount of money. But at the end of the day, this is my career. So I'll work with you. And to be honest with you, I have to like the script or I have to like the concept of the script right. to actually be like, all right, look, let's do this for a little bit of money. You know what I'm saying? I have been working on some other stuff I can't really speak about, but I actually like the concept right. and, and the people that I'm dealing with, I'm close to. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a no brainer for me. It, it does go to a level of authenticity in the fact of when something is presented to you, if you're not feeling it, then there's no sugarcoating it. And a lot of times people just do that just to get exposure or whatever the case may be. But at the same time, you want to be able to have your true self shine when it comes to anything from writing, directing, from my case, when I'm a cinematographer and director of photography. Sometimes people come in with kind of trash ideas and you got to gently let them know. I mean, listen, again, not to be that guy, but this is a business. Right, exactly. If you come to me and the money's right, all right, I'll work something out. (laughs) Right, right. We'll we'll figure this out. We'll figure this out, right. You know what I'm saying? But you can't, you know, I've I've been in this game for too long to come to me and say with something like, oh, listen, um, I had this idea and what's going to happen is I'm going to pay you at the back end. You're not even guaranteed the back end. So, you know, you, you can't guarantee me anything for my work. So, like I said, if you're not family, you know, close friends or whatever, which I what close friends are who I call my family, somebody off the street can't just say, look, I, so you did this on 
such and such. Yo, come help me with this. You know, I'll pay you on the back end. All right, tell me your concept. I'll listen to the concept, and if it's trash, I'm be like, um, have a nice day. (laughs) About that. About that. Yeah, yeah. So have you started working on a feature? Special delivery. Which you did the short film version of it, so you're going to expound upon it. Right. So for the audience out there, what is special delivery about? It's hard for me to even talk about it without giving it away, but just, you know. It's a it's a it's a young man who's having trouble at home getting his wife to do something in the bedroom. Okay, and okay. He's, he's struggling with the decision of stepping out on his marriage. Mm. And, okay. you know, things take kind of a crazy turn for him. So a complex dynamic there between right. a, a married couple. Okay. All love. I'm sure it's gonna be a lot of twists and tails on that one. When do you foresee the end product for the short film version of it? Probably the end of March. Okay. The end of March. And it's it, going to be submitted to, to festivals right, and all that good stuff? Right, because right now is is being edited as we speak. Right, okay. You know, the editor just got the footage. I foresee the end of March. Nice, nice. Now, uh, going back to other future projects down the line other than, than Tales, Special delivery on the feature film track. Are there any other, other than, you're not just a writer, you're also a producer and a director. You're trying to get back into the director's chair? Right. Yeah, I am, but I'm trying to do this other short called Runners. You're familiar with Runners. Yep, yep. And potentially making a feature out of that. Now, that's that's my baby, so I'm definitely going to be, you know, sitting first chair for that. So I'm looking forward to that. But like I said, it takes money. So looking for financing, hopefully. We tried valiantly through crowdfunding. It's not always easy. But now that I'm working, I can take some of that money and fund my own project. You got to spend money to make money, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to jump in uh, to the next portion of the show. I call this thing the speed ramp. I'm going to ask you a series of rapid fire questions. So to the audience out there, I'm super tight. So if my answers come in slow, I'm not I'm not stupid. But you're, you're a former rapper, so you have freestyle skills. Uh, we, won't, we won't go into that, but you know right. that's where the writing, that's where the mighty pen comes into play. Right. So I'll, I'll try not to uh, bore you with too many of them. Cool. What movie theme song would you blast in your car speakers? What movie theme song? The Al Pacino of Scarface. Scarface, all right, cool. A memorable childhood movie. What sticks in your mind from back in the day? There's two, Crush Groove and The Last Dragon. Oh yes, The Last Dragon, nice. (laughs) What is a dream location you would love to film? Space. Who would play you in your biopic? Denzel Washington. No, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. What hip hop song best represents your persona? There's so many. I don't know. Yo, you catch me on guard right now. <laughs> oh, four, three, two, one. Okay. Hello, Cool J. Okay. All right. <laughs> Keeping with the the music theme here, you get to include one last song in a movie. What artist and song gets in? It's definitely DMX. In mm. words, done started song. Okay. <laughs> You're going to love this one. You got to pick one. Fabulous or Ghostface? 
Ghostface. Okay, I thought this was gonna be a little mm. harder. We've had plenty of, <laughs> of well, a conversation. I, yo, we already <laughs> talked about this. Like, we talking about. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yo, Larry, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you for stopping by to the Scene and Take podcast. Give everybody your math, man. Well, not your number, but your yeah. IG information and all that, so they can check you. My IG is at Born Legends Media on Instagram, um, Facebook. I'm just Larry Spivey, and then you know. Like they say, like the young kids say, Google me, man. Yeah, man. All right. Good looking out, brother. No doubt, brother. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks for joining us on the Scene and Take podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace.